You are listening to Mamir's Well Podcast, a Burning Hallows production. We are your hosts, Kitty Fields and Alora. If you like what you're hearing, don't forget to hit the follow or subscribe button to receive notifications of future episodes. We invite you to check out our sister podcast, the Otherworldly Oracle official podcast, where we explore folklore, spirit work, and witchcraft practices from the days of our ancestors and today. And pay a visit to Alora's website at alorarain.com to grab a tarot reading, numerology, or soul origin profile. And now, without further ado, on to the show. For thousands of years, the devil has been used as an icon of evil and retribution. You've likely heard tales of seduction into sin, damnation of wrongdoing, and the promise of eternal suffering through Satan or the devil from Christian sermons, whether in person or on television. But where did the devil really begin? Contrary to popular belief, the devil has not always existed. In the Jewish Old Testament, there is no mention of the devil, and Satan is but a figure who does God's bidding rather than assuming the role as the Lord of Darkness. In fact, there is no fiery pit of eternal torture either. So where did the devil we know come from? During the next hour, we will explore how the modern devil came to be and his influence as an icon of evil. Get ready to warm yourself by the underworld fire as we drink from the well to explore one of the most taboo subjects in spirituality, the devil. This is going to be a hot topic. Woohoo! <laughs> you did not just say that. <laughs> it's going to be a heater, y'all. Oh my gosh, that's funny. And then also when you said that, I immediately thought of hot topic, the store. <laughs> I know I did too. That's weird, right? It shows our age, man. It does, but apparently it's still cool with the kids. So, so yay, we're cool old people. <laughs> All right. So the devil. I'm yes. Excited. So do you believe in the devil? No, hands down. judge. No, <laughs> I just, even as a young kid, it just never made sense to me. Mm-hmm. I'd just be like, um, I don't think so. I understand what you're saying, but I, for me, I would say that I do, but I don't believe I don't believe he is everything that I was taught as a child. I believe in the devil similar to how I believe in Jesus. I believe that there might've been a Jesus, that there's a possibly a God named Jesus that people believe in, but it's, it's not exactly what I was taught. Right. Right. Yeah. Like when I say, do I, when we say that question, do you believe in the devil? I'm talking about the literal, you know, Satan, fiery pits of hell, uh, torture, burning for eternity, all that. No, that never made sense to me, even as a kid, because I, I always asked the question. I always had the question, um, because I grew up Catholic and I always was like, well, if God is all loving, why, Mm -hmm. why would he do that? That doesn't make sense. I used to ask the same thing and nobody had, you know an answer or it was always God works in mysterious ways. (laughs) Well, 
my family did have answers, but they, it just, <laughs> they just weren't good enough for me. No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the whole free will thing. And yeah, no. Mm-hmm. That, and you know, there are bad people in this world who need to be punished. Yeah. So it gets sticky, right? Right. Yes. <laughs> but interestingly enough, when you actually start to research the iconography of the devil, you, or at least I found myself pretty surprised at where Satan devil all began as well as the fiery pits of hell, because it didn't always exist. Right. So, um, yeah, this is definitely an interesting topic. So can you kind of lead us into the devil versus Satan? If that is, if they're both the same thing, you know, where these two terms or deities or spirits or whatever you want to call them, where did they arise from? Right. So in the old Testament of the Bible, uh, the original Bible, uh, the Satan is mentioned, right? So Mm -hmm. it's not the devil. It's not Satan. It's the Satan. Oh, that's interesting. Right. Which indicates that there were multiple. Ah, okay. And the Satan was a minion of God who was used by God to inflict tests and punishments mm-hmm. on those on on God's followers in, in the old testament. So messed up. <laughs> <laughs> it makes it makes I'm just gonna say it, it makes God look a little sadistic. Right? Yeah. So we can see this when the Satan is used by God to test the piousness of Job in the book of Job. Mm-hmm. Like if you're looking for a literal example in the Old Testament, yeah. you'll find it there. The Satan in the Old Testament was also never cast down from anywhere, nor is he reigning chief of any type of underworld. Oh, okay. So like this is might have been added later, right? Well, this is literally like, okay, so um, Dave, you're going to be the Satan today because I need somebody <laughs> to teach this lesson. Dave well Um, you know what I mean like it seems like somebody was just picked out yeah like who was the most who was the best student or something (laughs) right and at this time that we're talking about there is no duology concerning death the underworld aka shall I I don't know how to say this it's s-h-e-o-l and this is the Sounds Jewish. Good to me. This is Sounds the, good to me. This is the, <laughs> this is the <laughs> Jewish underworld was at the time just a shadowy place that people went when they died. So they had no concept of heaven and hell. Which sounds a lot like hell and the Norse belief system. Right. Mm. Mm. Good so, stuff. Right. So then it's like, okay, well if there was no heaven and hell and there was no reigning chief of the underworld that's there to torture you for eternity, well, where did that even come from? Right. Mm. And oddly enough, it comes from Zoroastrianism. 
Yeah. <laughs> I've actually heard of this. I've, I've watched a documentary that they were talking about all this and how it played into the devil and God whole thing. So continue. <laughs> okay. So if you've never heard of Zoroastrianism, it was a faith created by somebody named Zoroaster. Hence, that is a name. Hence the name. <laughs> that is a name. This faith creates the duology of things using polar opposites. So a core belief then from Zoroastrianism is where there is good, there is also evil. This yeah. is also where we first see the concepts of heaven and hell, right? Mm -hmm. So the way that comes to be is there are two beings within this pantheon of deities that represent the ideals of deception and truth. So you've got Ahura Mazda, which means wise Lord, and he's the source of creation and all that is good. And then you've got Angra Manya, Manu, I think that's how you say that. Sounds good. <laughs> which, which means false or deception, which is then labeled as the source of all evil and everything that is bad. Interesting how, first of all, we drive Mazdas, but that's besides <laughs> the point. <laughs> but interesting how the false deception concept is angra kind of like anger i don't mm, know angry mm -hmm. mm. i don't know if that has anything to do with it but it typically does you know how etymology works right oh yeah you do i mean i don't know if everybody does but it, it always seems that there's like root words that tend to trickle down you know well yeah and centuries. if you if you look at that word as a whole mm -hmm. you can actually kind of derive <clears throat> angry man from there <laughs> mm -hmm. true the way that it's spelled yeah so all of this is happening in the middle east where we've got modern day syria iran and iraq mm -hmm. or iraq however that is pronounced this system this belief system is then adopted by the persian empire and then trickles down to the jews of israel after its adoption, the Jews then assigned all evil to Satan or the Satan and then begin to personify him mm. as, a, okay. as a person. I did not realize that the, that the Jews were a part of this whole Satan fiasco. Oh, yes. They're, they're the ones that begin the personification. Yeah, I didn't know that. That's, that's, sheesh. A fun fact Satan in Greek was Diabolos or Diablo in Spanish, mm -hmm. which then means what? You go, you go, go. But, well, what does it mean? Um, I, like accuser or something, right? It means devil. Slanderer. Well, yeah, but I'm thinking of the actual, like where, so. Oh, oh, oh. I wasn't going that deep. Oh, sorry. Well, if, if we could just for a moment, because I just looked this up because I was like, oh, what is it actually the word devil specifically? Where does that come from? Mm. And so, yeah, they mentioned Greek diabolos, which I guess also translates to slanderer. Mm. But I felt like there's probably more to it that we don't know. Right. Um, so also they're also saying that 
dia, that syllable could also mean across or through, mm. which I found interesting. And the ball, the ball part of Diablo um, could mean to hurl. So I don't know. I just, the across and through part kind of caught my attention, like thinking liminal spirit, like some, some spirit that can cross mm. through right to the other side. Yeah. And also, I just want to say for those out there listening, this, what we're talking about, this is specifically a look at the iconography of the devil. There is a whole lot more when you get into the religiosity of mm-hmm. Satan and the devil. Uh, mm-hmm. But this is not that. <laughs> we're just looking at how the devil actually came to be. Okay. My bad. I I I thought we were just talking about the devil as a whole. So I kind of (laughs) got swept away there, but I I do think that later on, maybe when we're done talking about the origins, that would be cool to talk about um, other devils, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. (laughs) Okay. So do you want to tell us where we first see the devil in writing? Yes, we see the devil in writing in the Dead Sea Scrolls. Oh, they're this so is, mysterious too. I know, right? I've always found that them interesting. Anytime it comes up on the TV or I read about it, I'm like, oh, yeah, <laughs> let's read those scrolls. There's hundreds of them though, right? Like, mm-hmm. okay. So this is where we first see the devil as something equated with evil, those in opposition to mainstream views of the time and the leader of legions of demons. Okay. So prior to that, I guess my question is the Dead Sea Scrolls, who wrote them? Do we know? Uh, I don't. Okay. (laughs) Or maybe we don't know like in general, but I was wondering if the Zoroastrian could have been whatever played into that or wrote some of them or whatever. But the, but the interesting thing here is that essentially if you disagreed with the mainstream beliefs, uh, you were a de- you were the devil. Ah, okay. Got you. I guess uh, persecution, also- it goes all the way back to the Dead Sea Scrolls. <laughs> I didn't know that. You're just blowing my mind with all this amazing research that you did. I didn't. I didn't know that the devil was even a part of the Dead Sea Scrolls. So that's good to know. Eh. Oh, apparently there's also various apocalyptic texts among the Dead Sea Scrolls Mm -hmm. in which demons are blamed for teaching humans about magic and metallurgy and thus were tossed out of heaven. Interesting, isn't it? Not necessarily in the Bible, but in these writings of apocalyptic happenings in the dead sea scrolls all of a sudden demons are responsible for the teaching of magic and and metalwork (laughs) yeah that's kind of you know that's kind of a cop-out because essentially you could use that reasoning to say things like the crusades and whatever weren't really the fault of a christian you know christian organization Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's like a blanket blaming. Right. Right. Like if the demons never taught the humans about magic and metalworking, we would not be in this position. (laughs) 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 Uh, Yeah. Well, 
it's kind of like they just blame everything on demons and the devil, right? Anything that is outside of the what fits into the agenda of control. Mm. Yeah. But I'm wondering too, again, like this goes back to me thinking about devils and demons in terms of like familiar spirits. Mm. You know, they they lumped every single spirit that wasn't god or angels into the whole demonic realm yeah it almost seems like they became less intelligent who um human beings because it's like (laughs) it's like they didn't want to they wanted everything simplified like black and white yeah okay we have this duology now it's either good or bad and if we don't understand it it's bad because we just don't understand it Makes sense. Yeah. And I, I do believe it was all about control though, for sure. So do you want to tell us about this text called the Jubilees? Yeah. So it is in a text called the Jubilees that we finally acquire some of the more well-known mythos associated with Satan. I.e. interestingly, this is not in the Bible. This is in the Dead Sea Scrolls. It Uh is here where Satan who is referred to as Mastema in this text, rebels against God because he wants to be a more supreme being. And thus he and his army are cast out of heaven and are cast into a bottomless pit. Mastema also remains at the behest of God as he cannot cause any harm unless God wills it so. Weird. Yeah, think about that for a second. So he rebels... It's the same in, I think it's the same in modern Christian theology as well. Mm-hmm. Satan can't do anything unless God allows it. Correct. Yeah, you're right. Which is the part I always had a problem with. Oh yeah, me too. Yeah. Yeah. If, if he's ever, if he's all powerful and all loving, why mm-hmm. would Satan even exist? And why would it be allowed to you know, damn souls for eternity. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I just, there's, I will say too, there is some things that I did not include in this just because it gets really complex Mm -hmm. and complicated and we don't have like forever (laughs) to, to podcast, but there is a portion of this that you would be interested in. And I'll, I'll give some resources at the end. Um, where I did a lot of this research, but um, it involves the Knights Templar. Oh, okay. So I'm down. Yeah, I know. I know. I was like, she'll be so down to research this (laughs) on her own. Yes. All right. Love it. So New Testament. Okay. So I do know a little bit about the New Testament because I I know you do. (laughs) Having this pushed on me, but so the Satan slash the devil permeates the new Testament. Interestingly in the new Testament, his role is not explicitly described to readers. Yeah. I did notice that growing up reading it. (laughs) This means the concept of Satan as cause of evil is understood. Yeah. It's, it's just convenient, right? Mm -hmm. When it's not explicitly described. So in the new Testament, there is beast imagery and that is kind of where it's added to Satan's mythos, where he takes on this beast-like nature or beast mode. 
he goes savage. Yeah, in the book of Isaiah, which is not in the New Testament, but we see him called Morning Star. Yeah, 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 you're right. Which <laughs> which the Romans understood to be Venus. I have mm-hmm. read this. Then becomes Lucifer when the book of Isaiah is translated from Hebrew to Latin in the fourth century. Isn't that convenient? Because Lucifer was right God. Then we have the crucifixion where Jesus descends into the underworld to fight the devil for the souls of the righteous. In the Middle Ages, this was called the harrowing into hell, which interestingly is tied to the Vikings because to harry meant to raid. Oh, isn't that cool? That is interesting. In a weird way. So Jesus raids hell? Well, so during the crucifixion, where does Jesus go when, you know, he dies and then he rises in three days? Mm-hmm. And the story goes that during those three days, he's in hell fighting Satan for the souls of the righteous. And he rises again when he comes victorious. Well, and I just have to say something about these three days. The three day thing always confused me because if he died on a Friday. Yeah, I know. It doesn't and he make rose on a Sunday. That's essentially like 48 hours, depending on. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, but I also <laughs> think that with this with the language the way that it is mm-hmm. i think that you know it's just another means by which to convert oh yeah definitely you know what i mean this like jesus is harrowing number and oh that too yes 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 you know what i mean so trying to identify jesus mm-hmm. with uh, viking people whoever they were converting exactly right yep. Right. And sense. that like that brings us to our next topic, which I think is the most interesting thing we're going to talk about, which is the personification and imagery of the devil, because here is where it all makes start, you know, makes perfect sense when when you think about it. Yes. Yeah. So Satan was personified in order to assign evil to pagans, women, heretics, Jews, and basically anyone who didn't toe the party line. And women were just, women were just guilty for having vaginas. It's just the way it is. Oh, absolutely. And I was actually just reading about, there's a book that we can talk about later, but anyway, so (laughs) in the witch, during the witch trials in the medieval and early modern era, even so scholars, a lot of scholars believe witchcraft scholars believe that the, some of the actual like potential confessions that they got, like legitimate, potentially legitimate confessions that they received where people are actually talking about having a familiar spirit or meeting, you know, the fae in some regard, the witch hunters and the courts just change that to either be Satan or devil or devils. Mm. So anything, yeah, anything that, <laughs> that they find evil, they just, they call it Satan or the devil. Anyway, so let's talk about the physical traits that were assigned to Satan that are stolen from well-established and popular pagan deities. Right? It's always the popular ones. <laughs> so the very first portraits that we have of the devil come from Greco-Roman imagery as Pan, who was the god the greek god of fertility and debauchery 
is a sign to be evil. This is how the devil gets his hooves, goat legs, and horns. And Ah. this became more widespread in the ninth century CE. Mm -hmm. Pan was also widely depicted with an erect phallus, which also translated into portraits of the devil. However, it was rarely shown. So most often the phallus was covered by a pelt of fur. Some of those drawings and little epitaphs and things that they were creating of the devil and witches. I'm wondering if like they weren't getting the rocks off a little bit, creating some of this stuff. Oh man, if you, <laughs> like, it's bizarre. I'm telling you one of the best series I have seen on the witch trials that I think is probably the most historically accurate, even though it's really, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Graphic mm-hmm. is Salem. Oh, like they, they do have elements in their fantasy, of course, but as Wait, far is as the TV series. Yes. Oh yeah. I, I was addicted to it. I watched every, all of it. Yep. Yeah. I thought it was the most historically accurate as far as how brutal being accused of witchcraft and and that sort of thing yes i agree so moving on from the erect phalluses okay so satan was first portrayed in black to show a corrupted and poisonous nature but then later red as he became greatly associated with fire which do we get into why the fire is associated with him I think, I think so a little bit. I just want to throw this out there. I believe this has to do to side note, like in addition to whatever the other reasoning is, it's also having to do with Loki being a fire deity and how the church tried to demonize Loki and associate him with the devil. Yeah, that makes sense. Poor Loki. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it wasn't just Loki that they stole but he's the most important for me (laughs) for you (laughs) so the pitchfork that the devil carries seems to have been stolen and then modified from poseidon's trident however in a lot of portraits of the devil they have just outright depicted him with a trident and not a pitchfork and the way that you can tell that is a pitchfork has four tines and a trident has three correct Also, Shiva, the destroyer in the Hindu pantheon, carries a trident. Mm. So Satan does not have a pitchfork because I I used to think that like the pitchfork was so that he could eat people because it's a fork, (laughs) you know, or he was a farmer (laughs) that too. I thought that too. I'm like a real, is he like an evil farmer? Like where I don't understand. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean. There are two very well-known deities in different pantheons mm-hmm. that do carry tridents, so. And I wonder, like, what, was a trident a weapon back in the day? Like, I wonder where that actually comes from originally, because I know nothing about that. <laughs> now I'm curious. Well, so that I can't tell you uh, from a weapons history perspective, <laughs> but I can say that for Poseidon to have a trident, that makes sense to me because he's an ocean deity, right? And so yes. 
Yeah, that would make sense, you know, spearing fish, that kind of thing. I was going to say, like, they're hunting fish with the, I got you. But Shiva, I can't remember if Shiva is associated with water or not. It makes sense for Poseidon to have a trident in my head anyway. Yes, absolutely. Yes, because I'm thinking Triton from Little Mermaid with Mm -hmm. the trident. Yes. Very interesting. I mean, they can call him Triton, but really we all know he's Poseidon. Yeah. So it's like the church just took this image and started to like add things as they wanted to convert people. It is literally, it is literally religious decoupage. Okay. (laughs) Like somebody was like, um, okay. So I'm going to need to cut out the legs from pan and the horns and the hooves. And then I think we can take the trident from these two. Yes. Literally build a deity. <laughs> like a Build-A-Bear workshop? Yeah. Oh, gosh. What can build we add devil. so that he can be a bad mofo? <laughs> but it just ends up being a little silly, like if we're looking at it. Right. From a higher it, level, I guess. But It does. So tell us where he got his gigantic bat wings. So this was thanks to Dante's Inferno, which... Mm-hmm. I think Dante's Inferno had a lot of influence as yes. far as fire being added to but, the devil's yes I cannot again Loki fire came before Dante's Inferno so yes true there go I'm bringing that up again yes <laughs> and then Dante's Inferno was widely popular mm-hmm. during that time so it's something yeah. that everybody was everybody who was literate anyway was reading and then disseminating to other people who couldn't read. So in this bestseller, yeah, it was, it was a medieval bestseller. It was a medieval (laughs) bestseller. So this is where the devil gets his giant bat wings, the medieval addition to Satan's iconography, because at this time angels were, and they still are portrayed with having these beautiful, large, white, feathery wings. And Mm -hmm. so the direct opposite, the polar opposite of that is to have black, nasty bat wings. (laughs) I don't think they're nasty. I think- No, they're not. I'm just like- I think this image of the devil is pretty badass. I'm just making a point. Like in, in the duological mind, this was their way of- thinking i i'm with you i just like to stand up for the bats because sometimes they're kind of cute you know just go with me here i'm going i'm going I'm role playing <laughs> okay got you i'm i'm sometimes i i get confused <laughs> okay so i didn't know this okay the egyptian god bess mm-hmm. who was also okay so he was a god of pleasure and a protector of women and childbirth he was also this all oh, epiphany he was also a god of the hearth Mm -hmm. ergo a god of fire Mm. and apparently was inspiration for a lot of the way the devil's face is portrayed that's incredibly interesting again with the hearth and the fire and loki and the fire and the fire and satan (laughs) well this particular satanic fact Mm. i guess you'd call it i actually (laughs) had to look 
deeper into it because I had no idea who Bess was when oh, okay. I was doing this. Yeah. And, but when I saw images of Bess and well, more like reliefs and things like that. Yeah. Because if you look at, we're talking to about older portraits of the devil, Satan, but yes. the, the messed up face, open mouth, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Bess is yeah. portrayed in a very similar manner. Yeah. And the only reason I know about Bess is because of my obsession with Egyptian stuff many years ago, but Bess to me, separate from the whole satanic image thing that we're talking about, Bess to me always seemed like a household deity. Like he looks like kind of a goblin in a way, right? Yes. So that all makes sense. And before they added his looks to the iconography of the devil, for all intents and purposes, he was a very benevolent deity for the most oh, part. Definitely, yes. In yes. in the Egyptian pantheon, I mean, he was somebody you wanted on your side because he was very much a protective deity of women and children. Yes, he was a household name, literally. And you know, you know, we can't have the women and the children thinking that they run this shit because they don't. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> And a lot of them wanted to hold on to those household deities as well. So what better way to stop them from carrying on those traditions than lumping all of those people in with Satan? Thanks, guys. Yeah, it's sad. <laughs> so in the how second- different would things be if anyway? Oh, no, go ahead. I was going to say, how different would things be if the church never really rose to power? And I'm just, I always wonder that. Oh, girl. <laughs> this is this is a continual battle in my head so yes yes mm. so can you tell us about what happened in the second century yeah so in the second century ce more understanding of the fall of satan is understood by christians and jews uh all of the world was extremely misogynistic at this time in case you didn't know in case you haven't been following along and women were thought to be inherently evil mm. so This misogynistic worldview leads to the devil's association with the serpent. Also, we also know that there are several pagan deities associated with serpents. Uh, Loki. Loki (laughs) being one of them, we know. (laughs) Um, So this, like I said, this leads to the devil's association with the serpent as the devil in disguise. Yes. In the Garden of Eden. And Eve being assigned as the downfall of man. Of course. Of yes. course, because it's always our fault. Uh, oh, boy. <sighs> Grief. Anyways, <laughs> later down the road, European tradition, traditions then added even more detail to the devil's iconography and mythos through deities like Loki, Loki's daughter, uh, Hel, mm, and mm. Kronunos. Yes. So all of those deities were also hijacked, for lack of a better term. And um, I'm pretty sure that Loki's daughter is exactly where they got hell from. Absolutely. I I believe that too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The guardian of the underworld, right? Where the ancestors went or go. Hundo P. Hundo Mm -hmm. P. I guess the main question here is why did they use, if y'all haven't, figure this out already but why did they use pagan imagery to construct the modern devil 
Well, for one, to demonize pagan deities who had large cults or who were widely loved despite not having state-sanctioned cults. So like Pan Mm -hmm. was huge in Greece, right? Yes. But gods like Bess, he didn't have a state-sanctioned following, but he was still a widely loved deity because of his role in the Egyptian pantheon. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Also to convert pagans to Christianity by showing how their gods were evil. And this last one is really interesting. So (laughs) they also used pagan imagery to construct the devil because in order to conquer pagans during the crusades and conversion missions, which were rarely peaceful, part of the devil's iconography during the medieval era was that of spirit possession. So if pagans were thought to be possessed by Satan and or demons who too looked like pagan deities crusaders were more enthusiastic about conquering the threat of evil before any type of peaceful conversion could be considered oh yeah so this notion that you know (laughs) i don't i don't know who still holds this belief but you know the christians were just trying to spread the word of god no like if they went to a land where you know, Egypt or what have you, where there was a large cult following of a deity. And these people had effigies of said deity in their dwelling or Mm -hmm. on them or whatever. That right there was evidence of spirit possession because these deities had already been labeled as demons. um, Satan's minions. Yeah, Satan's minions, pretty much. At that point, the crusaders were like, oh, we don't even need to like convince you because you're already possessed you know what I mean like so yeah so the idea of peaceful conversion is laughable almost oh yeah I mean I think we talked briefly about this in one of the last otherworldly oracle episodes where we were talking about there was the anglo-saxon or the saxon massacre Mm, yes where was it charlemagne or I can't remember who it was boniface or whoever like I think someone put out an order to like just you know, slaughter 4,500 people because they worshiped Thor. (laughs) Yeah. I think it was Boniface if I'm not. Yeah. So instead of like peacefully trying to convert them, they just killed them all. Yeah. Because that's the answer. (laughs) It's really sad actually. And I, you know, it's funny. We watched Vikings Valhalla recently and seen it yet. Oh, I'm sorry. You haven't seen it. No. Oh, man. I can't talk about it. (laughs) Well, can you without spoiling? I will just say that there is a portion of that show where a a really big massacre occurs. And it wasn't the slaughter of the people that got me so much, but Mm -hmm. it was what happened to other things within the show like I can't I can't really talk about it or I'm gonna ruin it well that's vague yeah okay fine I'll have to watch it you're gonna have to watch it yeah but if you'd like to see um the idea of Christian conversion Mm -hmm. uh that particular show I think I think it's the first scene in that series yeah that okay the idea 
And we also have to remember too, with the crusades as well, I don't know how we got on this topic of crusades, but I'm just going to go with it. Um, go with it. The crusade, like people who signed up for the crusades were being told, like, if you go and you slaughter these pagan heathens, all of your sins gone, like free ticket into heaven for the rest of your life. Interesting. So can I just, I just want to say one thing. Yep. There is a whole other part to the devil that we didn't really discuss and in detail here, because it could probably take up a whole nother episode. Well, maybe we'll have a part two. Yeah. And you know, it might be good to potentially have George Harris on that one because he knows a little bit about Mm. this whole thing. But anyway, so in traditional witchcraft, and when I say traditional witchcraft, I'm not talking about a Wiccan tradition. I'm talking specifically, it's called traditional witchcraft and um, like books by, who is it, Robin Artisan? And if you want to look up the clan of Tubal Cain, they practice traditional witchcraft. But so there's a whole other image or spirit or whatever you want to call it surrounding the devil that kind of arises from the medieval witch trial I guess personification or whatever of the devil but Mm -hmm. it's actually something else like it's a different deity that they believe would show up I guess to the witches sabbats and things of that nature yeah I didn't really yeah like I said there are quite a few things that I left out of this specifically because you there are so many facets of this topic you could get into and each of them could take an hour Mm -hmm. so like Baphomet and working the left-hand path yeah so that's a whole episode (laughs) Mm -hmm. um so we could possibly have a part two if you guys want to hear about it for sure Um, but the aim of this was just kind of to dissect really where the devil came from to begin with, because the devil didn't always exist and hell didn't always exist. It was a man-made invention, folks. Agreed to, to a certain extent. I do think that there may be another spirit that kind of masquerades as the devil, if you will. Demons and malefic spirits. Mm Mm-hmm have always existed yes the cons i'm the concept of the devil himself or satan himself and the fiery pits of hell that has not always existed correct i think we need to have another episode to go further into this because <laughs> yeah. there's so much more i want to talk about <laughs> yeah because we could i mean we could literally talk about this for three hours easy yes but we do not have time for that today and before we wrap up, I just want to give a couple of resources for people who are interested in delving more into this topic. So there is an article on worldhistoryencyclopedia.org called The Origin of Satan. That is really great. And also there is a documentary on YouTube that was put out by SBS in Australia, I believe. Uh, I think that's where it originated, but 
It's called The History of the Devil. So those two resources are really good for delving more into the iconography of the devil. All right, should I wrap it up? Sure. All right. We'd like to thank our listeners for joining us for another macabre hour. Hit the subscribe button and the bell to be notified of future episodes. Don't forget, you can reach us anytime to share feedback, show ideas, or ask questions about Mimir's Well or our sister podcast, the Otherworldly Oracle official podcast, by emailing us at burninghallowsproductions at gmail.com. And remember, despite our sweet reputations, we really have the hearts of men on our altars that we keep in jars.